With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Friday, June 1st, we turn the page to June. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. This is Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speed, Spit Statistician. And we welcome back El Rey de Fantasy, Scott Angle, who celebrated the graduation of his son, Sean, yesterday. He's back with us for Friday. How you feeling today, Scott? I'm feeling good after yesterday and also because, uh, you know, my name's not J.R., yeah, really. I mean, come on. You know, social media was ablaze, making fun of JR, ablaze. I use kind of a pun on words there. But listen, what a game. It did not disappoint. The Golden State Warriors win in overtime. But Cleveland had a legitimate shot at this one, Scott. And JR Smith gets a rebound. They got about, you know, four seconds left. They are tied. It, he actually said after the game, he forgot the score. He thought they were ahead when it, in fact, was tied. LeBron, though, putting up 51 points in an epic effort. Uh, but the Warriors go ahead, one nothing in the NBA Finals. Scott, I think if they had a chance to steal one, this would have been the best chance. And so now it's got to be a problem for Cleveland, huh, Scott? Yeah, it does. And I had to flip back and forth, too, because... Uh, yeah, that Astros Red Sox series. Well, mm-hmm. You know, I had a lot of fantasy investment last night in you know, my, one of my big money leagues. I had uh, I had McCullers go, and and then I had Giles in for the save, and Giles made mm-hmm. it rocky, but he got the save. And the, look at the matchups in this four game series over the weekend. Everybody's talking about the NBA Finals, but tonight Sale versus Cole, tomorrow Price mm-hmm. versus Verlander, and then Sunday uh, Porcello. Versus Morton, but it was good to see Giles get the save last night too. Uh, even though it was a little bit rocky, you know he was able to, to get Blake Swihart for the final out. And uh, me as a Ken Giles owner, going, and yeah, then I right. switched back to the basketball game. No, absolutely. McCullers does get his seventh win of the season. Giles with his tenth save. Let me ask you something about this game. Scott, Carlos Correa goes yard, hits his ninth home run of the season. I may be dating myself, Scott, but I remember remember that Sports Illustrated cover back in the day with Jeter and Nomar and Tejada, and I believe it was like Renteria, um, you know, and A-Rod. What, 
Right now, shortstop in the American League with Correa, Lindor, Machado, even a guy like Didi Gregorius, Tim Anderson even having a really good year, Xander Bogarts. Are we in kind of another golden age of shortstop play? in the American League, like, how, one of these guys is going to not make the All-Star team. You know what I mean? Like, Machado or Lindor might not make the All-Star team because of Correa and uh, Machado. Uh, talk about I, a little I, bit about I can't imagine like that Lindor is not going to make it. Uh, if, okay, would, Machado's just, definitely going to make it, right? That, that would ju- it would just be ridiculous with the kind of season that he's having. Okay, Machado's going to make the All-Star team. Correa's yeah. going to make the All-Star team, right? Yep. So are you telling me a guy like Didi Gregorius with his with his great start is going to be left out? Well, Gregorius has really cooled off yesterday, and he's probably fourth out of the four, uh, right? In, ter- in terms of production, I know as you as a Yankee fan probably hate to hear. No, it, but, but I'm just truth. saying. Didi was great in April, and he's been cold in May. So to me, saying, he doesn't he doesn't position, deserve it, Scott. You know, think about the position. There's going to be players with good stat. You know, um, Tim Anderson having a nice little year. Bogarts. Yeah, but he's, not, mean, a, he's got... not an all-star, but Bogarts, you know, I'll give you. And look, at you know, another guy I would put ahead of Didi, who we, we don't even talk about, is maybe maybe the third best on the list right now, or, or at least fourth best. Look at the season that Gene Segura's having. Gene Segura. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a that's a good point as well. I mean, right now, Didi is Didi at best is the fifth best shortstop in the American League. Okay, so you would go Lindor, Machado, Segura, and I would Correa go Machado, Machado, Lindor, uh, Correa, and Segura. Uh, and Segura, and then it comes yeah, down I'm... to it comes down to Didi or Bogarts, and you know that that's a tough call. Well, don't get it twisted. Andrelton Simmons is having a good year as well. Yes. yes you know, is. if you think about it, he's hitting 337, for God's sakes. We know about what he does defensively as well. You know, I just, I'm, my point is, Scott, you know, we're entering, we're, we're, we're in a place similar to what I referenced, you know, with the Tejada, A-Rod, Nomar, Jeter, you know, kind of, kind of, uh, you know, level of skill at one yeah, position. Of, it's kind of, le- it's kind of tight at shortstop right now. None of these guys are a face of baseball like like Jeter mm. could be or A Rod was back then. But if you got any of these guys, you're very likely in contention. When you have a guy like that, like Lindor, I drafted him in the third round in uh, the Greenwich Street Tavern League, and I'm in first place. I have him in Tout Wars. I'm in fifth. So you're likely you're likely in contention if you have Lindor. And it is yep. some guys that are getting it done over in the, in the National League too. Yep, yeah, I have yeah, Trevor Story. Trey, Trey Turner, Javi Baez. You mm-hmm. mentioned Trevor Story as well. You know, he's having a nice a nice season. As Drupal Cabrera qualifies Cabrera. at shortstop. Yeah, sure. And he, he's having his best season since 2012. So shortstop, shortstop is, a, is a deeper position right now than I think we actually expected. Let me ask you something. Uh, I've told you about my my what my uh, big roto team, the Trevor Ending story. Scott, I have on this team. I have Carlos Correa. I have Trevor Story. Clearly, the namesake. I have Tim Anderson, and I have Javi Baez. Okay, the position I was uh, the position I'm trying to move up in a little bit because I've got power left and right is stolen bases. I offered I offered a guy in my league, Javier Baez, uh, for Trey Turner. Um, not straight up with like some bench pieces in there as well, but the the centerpiece was me giving up Baez to acquire Trey Turner. It got rejected, and the guy put also gave me a note being like, ha ha ha, like that's silly, that's crazy talk. When he needed home runs and I needed stolen bases, I don't think that's a crazy idea. What were the other players that you put in it? 
The other players, like, it was, a, it was corner infielders. Like, I offered Josh Bell, and he offered, like, a, you know, another nondescript kind of borderline uh, corner infielder. That wasn't a big difference. There wasn't a big difference there. It was, is it, it was bat- a is batting average or on base percentage in the league? OBP. Yeah, that's that. That's why he turned it down. You, right, because well, and that's to, another position I need. I needed OBP I, and I needed yeah. stealing bases, and he needed you know, he needed the power. Now, I, I so can, I I can he see why he rejected it because yeah. you're looking at one category and yeah. trying to make the trade off of that. You're talking about a guy that only walked for the seventh time last night. Mm-hmm. There's really not a comparison between the two. Yeah, OBP is only three at three oh four. I do, however, you know, love if, you, if you're going you're, you're to say, oh well, he needs power, yeah, just. Justin Smoke, you know. <laughs> fair enough. I don't think fair you made enough. a fair offer, so you shouldn't be surprised at the reaction. Nah, but Baez is, does have that good eligibility at a number of positions as well. But I digress. Yeah, but, look, we could... but look, you're trying to sell it to that guy. Yeah. And, and, you know, let, let's be blunt here. It's like if I had Trey Turner right now and you're selling me, like, you're like, look, Zane, it's you and me. Don't try the sales pitch. Don't tell me about his multi-position eligibility and his power. You know, look at the numbers. And you you know it's 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 not a fair offer. Right now, though, Javier Baez is rated higher um, uh, than Trey Turner. Like on like in what overall? Oh, uh, in, in in the overall rankings, like on in my league, giving my settings. Right now, Javier Baez is the twenty fourth overall player. Trey Turner is the thirty third. But you know, hey, it's okay. People, yeah, but have Trey the... Turner. Trey Turner has a fifty point. It's a fifty point difference in OBP. I don't know what your rankings are. He it has is. half as many homers. You're talking 16 steals. You know, it's. Yeah, I think your I rankings you. are whacked. All right, but Javier Baez yeah. also has 43 ribbies to Trey Turner's 22. That's a big difference as yeah, well, but, Scott. But look at look at the state of baseball right now. You the power and RBI bats are everywhere. 16 steals is not. This is this is true. Why do yeah. you think I was trying to get myself some steals? I know, but I'm team, saying your, your sales pitch <laughs> falls flat. All right, fair enough. Listen, I got guys that can steal bases for me. I got Whit Merrifield. I have Tim Anderson. I have Malik Smith on my roster as well that I insert. Story's getting some steals. Baez does have seven. I'll be okay. Let's move on, Scott. Listen, the biggest news for me was the return of Clayton Kershaw, right? And, I mean, he's up against Philly. He goes five innings. I didn't think he was going to go long. Scott, you weren't on the show yesterday. I was talking with Mike Leone, and I was saying, like, I would kind of stay away from Kershaw in his return. Turn, not because I thought the stuff would be bad, but because in all of his kind of returns from the DL, he had never faced more than 20 batters, I believe. He goes five innings, strikes out five, but that's not the concern. The concern is it looks like he's going to have an MRI on his back, Scott. Uh, this could be a case uh, where he comes back, but he might be right back on the shelf. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, that's unfortunate because we've waited like a, a while for him to come back and have to leave the game after – uh, five innings were reported back tightness, and you know his back was an issue last year, and also landed him on DL. So if you got Kershaw back, it's it's a disappointment. You're gonna be waiting for the results of the MRI. I, I just got him back in the GST, so kind of disappointing. Yeah, let me ask you this. If we spin it forward, you know, because everyone knows Clayton Kershaw has the ability, I believe, to uh, you know opt out and be on the market this year, Scott. Now, I looked at, I was talking with one of my fantasy best friends forever, Mike Florio, and 
he's like scheduled in the next two years when he has the, what he would be opting out from is making something like $32 million a year at the back end of his contract. My question for you is Scott now with this back issue, he was on the DL last year. Also, is this a guy, is he going to get the seven year deal? You know, would you be a little concerned offering? I know it's Clayton Kershaw and how amazing he is, but would you be concerned like you would be, like I would be with any pitcher offering this kind of long-term deal? If he opts out, do you think he's going to get six, seven years? Or do you think a team might have to try to go like the Arietta route and go something like a three-year, like $35 million a year kind of deal? How do you play this if Kershaw is on the market? Yeah, right now he's 30 years old. Uh, right. Next year he's going to be 31. I, th- I think it'd be kind of hard, you know, with the recent injury history to see a seven-year deal. I could see about five. Yeah, and, and you think and you think that will all it takes is one, right, Scott? All it takes is one team yeah, but, to but go some, ahead and make that plunge. Some team, some team wants to, to make it because, look, it's about winning the World Series. And if they get the ring, you know, with Kershaw as the ace, right. then whatever length of contract is worth it. Yeah, absolutely. If you get the I, ring, I kind of like it. You know, I'm, I'm a Seahawk fan, you know, and – Percy sure. Harvin, they traded him for a first-round pick and gave him all that. Mm. I think I think they, it was two picks they gave up for him, but right. the kickoff return in the Super Bowl is all worth put it. Put the foot on the throat <laughs> of the Broncos it was right. all worth it. Nobody ever complained about the Percy Percy Harvin trade after that. The guy was hurt all the time, hardly played for the team. Yeah, but that one Had moment the migraines in the Super Bowl, and stuff, yeah, yeah, made made the trade worth it. That's true. I mean, championships are forever, right? On the That's other why side you of make that these game. trades. Yeah, no, I hear you, Scott. I mean, and you got to, if that's, that's basically what it is to be a buyer and a seller, right? You're buying because you want it now, as opposed to the potential of what could be with some of these draft picks, uh, the bird in the hand, especially if you're a contender and right there on the precipice. Hey, Scott, on the other side of this game, another good outing by Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola goes seven innings, gives up only one run, strikes out 11. His ERA is down to 2.18, Scott. We talk about these Phillies, how they, you know, they're hanging around, surprising. Scott, if they were to ever, let's say they were to make the playoffs, would you start Nola or Arietta in game one for Philly? Nola. Uh, you think he's the ace now? Right now, they, you know, they, he's been the ace. Uh, you know, this month, he has allowed one run or less in six in five of six starts, you know, you look at the numbers right now, and uh, and uh, two eighteen ERA, zero point nine three WHIP, and the guy is just twenty four years old and having a breakthrough year. And for where fantasy players drafted him, they have to be thrilled right now. I mean, honestly, who cares who the Phillies start as a fantasy player? All I care about is that Nola keeps pitching like this. And you think it'll happen? Yeah. You think uh, you think this is sustainable, right? Of course, when you know when you when you talk about that, you know you always have to go to the advanced numbers, and they're mm-hmm. they're probably you know the best indication. Uh, I think a lot of people are expecting a no-liberal breakout to this degree. I I think people are maybe a little bit surprised if uh, if you go to the advanced numbers. Though he's got a two eighteen two eighteen ERA, he's got a two sixty two FIP and a three fourteen xFIP. The strand rate is a little bit high at 84.4%. The BABIP is a little low at 255. So I think there's going to be some regression, but he's still going to end up with an outstanding year. Absolutely. And, you know, just plug over on rotoexperts.com right now. Our guy, the all-in kid, Jake Seeley, has an article about kind of like people who had great maze and are they real or are they fake? 
both of those Philadelphia starters are included as topics of conversation. I'm going to talk with Jake a little bit about that article in the next hour here of Roto Experts in the morning. Hey, Scott, the Cleveland Indians are starting to make hay, okay? We were worried, not necessarily worried. I thought they were going to run away and hide. They were hovering around 500, you know, for, for most of April and May. But listen, when I originally on Fantasy Freestyle made a prediction that I thought the Indians would have kind of like home field advantage it was in the AL, it was because I thought they would beat up on the rest of the AL Central. And in series this week against the White Sox and against the Twins, they are starting to do that. They are five games over 500 now, winning 9-8 to eight yesterday. What I want to talk about is uh, the kid Bieber. That they called up. No, I'm not talking about Justin Bieber. Um, what is it? It's Sean Bieber. Is that right, uh, Scott? Yeah. That was called up. He goes five and two-thirds, gives up four runs, strikes out six. Maybe not the incredible debut of other uh, guys that have come up so far this year. Guys like, um, you know, in, in, in Minnesota. It's Shane, Shane Bieber, actually. Oh, Sorry. Shane Bieber. Excuse me. Yeah. You know, uh, Peralta in Milwaukee and 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 and. Um, Romero in Minnesota and some others, but give me a little bit on the outlook for this kid Bieber. Probably heading back to the minors. It was it was a spot start. Okay, he was just uh, up not, on the kind not, of shuttle not, bus, not pitching as well as he as he did in the minors. Uh, in, in the minors, he had a one ten ERA in ten starts, but uh, you know, it's obviously you know, the majors being much tougher. Some of these rookies come up and they dominate. And some of them don't. Uh, it was a rough first start for him. It wasn't a, wasn't a matchup that that uh, it was a matchup that you thought maybe he could handle better than he did. So he's probably back on the bus to the minors. Yeah, unfortunately, he might be one of those guys riding the shuttle bus. And if they have an opportunity, we'll see if he is the guy that they tap there in Cleveland. Hey, Scott, one other thing I wanted to mention about this game. Uh, Jose Ramirez goes yard again. He hits his 18th home run of the season. And, you know, I talk, we've been talking a little bit about Ramirez. I know fantasy players know him, but how he gets, you know, less kind of publicity or notoriety than some of the other studs in the American League. And then I pulled this stat over uh, from the folks at Sport Track. They do a great job kind of on the financial side of sports. There was a tweet yesterday. Check this out. The Coleman, there's four guys right now who have 18 home runs. Uh, in the league, and check this out. Mike Trout making $34 million this year, Scott. J.D. Martinez making $23 million this year, Scott. Bryce Harper making $21 million this year, Scott. And Jose Ramirez this year is set to make $2.8 million. Hey, Scott, one of these things is not like the others, huh? Yeah, but then you look at the other three guys, they were drafted in fantasy a little bit before Ramirez, you know, Two and three. It's Ramirez is still in the in uh, contract wise, but at least at least it's still in the prove it stage of his career. So you know that's no shock. Obviously, the salary is going to go up. Yeah, I, I hear you. I'm just saying. You know, look at the production he is putting up. And, you know, relatively speaking to the casual fan, this guy still is flying under the radar. The casual fan may not know him as much. I know he was still uh, kind of a, uh, you know, maybe a second or third round pick in fantasy this year. But, you know, this speaks to, uh, in my opinion, 
how he's less known. The notoriety is not there. So I just want to give him a shout out because Jose Ramirez deserves it. You're gonna, An incredible. You're gonna, you're gonna start player. making me making me sound like Jake. Yeah, we talked what? about that the other day. What do you want? We me? did. We yeah. did. You know, I'm trying to keep the narrative going for all of our fans. Here yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we had the narrative the going the other day. You know, well, what else do you want? <laughs> Fair enough. We'll see what kind of uh, we'll see what kind of impressions our all in kids has in the eight o'clock hour about El Rey de Fantasia. Um, you know, we he's, talked he's about not a, he's not an impressions kind of guy. No, you don't think so. All right. No. Well, I'll uh, we'll we'll code switch back and forth. I'll let you know. Hey, Scott. You know, we talked about Kershaw and how you know he's back, but then not for long, right? Um, unfortunately. The same could be said for St. Louis Cardinals starting pitcher Alex Reyes. He goes four innings yesterday in his return, around 70 pitches, 70, 75 pitches. But they're saying now he's got a, a serious lat strain, and he's going to be back out for a while. Unfortunate news for Cardinals fans and fantasy owners who, like Kershaw, were maybe excited about the potential of Alex Reyes coming back. Yeah, like he dominated the first inning the other day, then there was a velocity dip. He said he was okay, he was okay afterwards, but Ted, you know, players often say that you know they 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 want to play you know even if their leg is falling off, uh, <laughs> but you know Reyes could miss a few starts. We really don't know when he's back, so you know the waiting begins all anew. You know the excitement is gone and put him back on the DL. That that's what I have to do. I just had Reyes come back in Tower Wars where I really needed starting pitching. It was like perfect timing. It's like I moved up from ninth to to sixth, and now I'm in fifth. Mm-hmm. And you know, now I got Syndergaard out. Now I got Reyes out again. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I mean, it is kind of an infirmary unit. We talk about it. As soon as you try and get someone back, maybe they go right back. Hopefully, hopefully that's not the case with uh, Madison Bumgarner, who's coming back. I believe that's Tuesday, right, Scott? Yes. He's returning yes. for the San Francisco I think he's going to make another – one more rehab start. One more rehab? Back. Yeah. All right. Fingers crossed for Mad Bum out there. Hey, Scott, I didn't get to talk to you yesterday. Um, I wanted to ask you, uh, did you see the metaphorical and literal fire at City Field on Wednesday before the game? Or on, th- yeah, on yeah, Wednesday before suppose- the game? Yeah, supposedly that was from a, from a display case in the uh, in the Hall of Fame area, it looked like. Uh, just, you know, looking uh, – you know, when you go in the rotunda to the right is the, yeah. the, the Mets Hall of Fame and the team store, and they have display cases in the Hall of Fame. I'm guessing it's from the Hall of Fame. They said okay. it was a display case and where it was located. That looked like where it was. I'll be at City Field tonight, so maybe I'll get a better look. Yo, just bring, you know, bring some fire retardant jackets or something, a special poncho. You don't want to get caught out there. Scott, the other thing, real quick, I wanted to mention from the day you were missing. I don't know. Maybe, uh, it, was, maybe it was started by Brandon Nemo, the way this guy's hitting. He's going to make it a very, Nemo. very, very Absolutely. tough decision. He hit his seventh what? home run yesterday, right? Yeah, he's going to make it a very – this guy is like – everybody talks about Austin Meadows. And mm-hmm. it's on the DL. He's going to make it a very tough decision. Because right now, you look at Jay Bruce, and he's dealing with the plantar fasciitis. Right. Jay Bruce is just not hitting right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're now we're two months in. You know, Jay Bruce is a streaky guy. You're waiting for the streak. You're not pulling Conforto out of the lineup. Right. You're not pulling Cespedes out of the lineup. Well, when you he's know, healthy. I think, I think, uh, I think you know, Nemo might stick, and, and they might do a Meadows kind of thing where they're playing him three to four days a week. 
I know the average fan is going to say, well, you know, just pull Adrian Gonzalez out of first base and play Bruce there. Adrian Gonzalez is out hitting Jay Bruce, and Adrian Gonzalez is ripping it up lately, and they like Gonzalez. I've been saying it all along. Not only that, but for his defense as well. You know, the other night when they had a big double play against the Braves from Med Rosario, Gonzalez really picked it out of the ground. It, for defense, leadership, and timely offense, Adrian Gonzalez is not quite done from a regular baseball perspective. Maybe right. he won't give you a whole lot in fantasy, but I can't see you know, the Mets putting Jay Bruce at first on a consistent basis. Now, maybe they could do it here and there and get Nemo in the lineup about four to five times a week, but he's, he's making it a tough decision, and he's been a really great fantasy pickup. He even stole two bases in a game this week. Yeah, absolutely. So Nemo making it hard. Remember, there was, you know, I guess at this point, Scott, maybe two years ago, you know, Nemo and Conforto were both prized outfielders in the organization, right? And they expected big things out of both of them. Conforto came out, you know, and had the great start, you know, uh, coming onto people's radars last year. Nemo, you know, Nemo has that great Actually, potential Actually, 2015 as well. it was. Yeah. It was three years ago. Two okay, home runs in enough. a World Series game. Fair enough. Hey, Scott, I wanted to ask you one other thing to catch you up from the day uh, you were gone. La- yesterday, our poll question, I don't know if you saw it, was about the future of kind of pitching rotations. Okay, because, you know, you got your standard five-man rotation, right? You see what the Tampa Bay Rays are doing now, and I bring this up because, once again, it looks like Sergio Romo will get to start tonight um, for the Tampa Bay Rays again. You know, and teams are doing these kind of bullpen days. Or the idea of the six-man rotation. You know, a couple of teams have been batting that around. The Angels with Otani. Last year, the Dodgers pretty much used AAA in the 10-day DL to make it a uh, six-man rotation. Other teams are doing this as well. I mean, so I asked the question, what will the future of pitching rotations be? Will it stay as a five-man rotation, go to six, or will more, more teams adopt these kind of bullpen days? I don't know if you saw it. What do you think the fans voted? What do you uh, think was the leading vote? What were the selections? Five-man rotation, six-man rotation, bullpen heavy days, and other. As like, what would be the future of I'll, rotations uh, of baseball? I'll say six-man rotations. You are correct. 39%, Scott, said a six-man rotation. Then 32 said five-man. 22% say bullpen days. I thought that was interesting. Maybe people do, in fact, think... What do you think, Scott? Do you think it might trend that way? I mean, that's the way it happens in uh, Japan. And when we talk about the safety, all these arms getting blown out, do you think we ever move, might move to a six-man rotation? Uh, you asked me this on Wednesday. And yeah. my, answer, my answer didn't change. You know, it's, right. uh, you know, I think it depends on the team. A lot of these teams are doing this because <laughs> of injuries or, right. you know, they just have a lot of talent. I don't think there's one sweeping answer to this. All right, fair enough. Well, 39% of the people think the evolution will continue. Sergio Romo once again getting the start as the quote-unquote opener for the Tampa Bay Rays today. When we come back here on Roto Experts in the morning, we get you ready for DFS on a Friday, and then we get you ready for waiver wires, and we finalize our face baseball brackets. Dane and Scott, Roto Experts in the morning, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Holla. Are you new to Daily Fantasy? Are you a veteran? Either way, you can better your chances of winning money, and lots of it, by going to DailyRoto.com. 
Multiple people have become millionaires thanks to the guys at Daily Roto. Why not take advice from the experts? You can become a millionaire too. Just go to dailyroto.com to rock daily fantasy sports. Bone Thugs in Harmony here on Roto Experts in the Morning. It is the first of the month, and it's also Friday. Hey, Scott, you know, we talk about the first of the month, but I'm reminded of the song. You guys, you remember this one, Scott, the like, just got paid. It's Friday night. Yeah, Party's bumping. I'm on feeling yep. right. So it's the first yep. of the month, and it's Friday. It is payday, Scott. So a lot of people yeah. might be doing a little bit of extra stuff on uh, DFS, maybe, you know, blowing a little bit more of their wad on Daily, on daily I don't Fantasy. Know. We'll get into that. No, because it really I is. I don't know. No, this is the red check. You know, you got to uh, give the first. It's so. the middle of the month, right, that the you spend? Of the, it's the middle of the month. We, we blow a little bit more, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Scott, in two yeah. weeks. In two weeks, where are we going, brother man? In two weeks, it'll be uh, Friday the 15th. Yeah. Uh, maybe it'll be like game six of the NBA Finals or something. Maybe we should go yeah. catch game together. Uh, we'll talk about that offline. But, yes, it is the first of the month, and this is Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, Scott, we talked a little bit about Alex Reyes and Clayton Kershaw, but there's some other bumps and bruises to report. You want to go through some of the injury report real quick? Yeah, let's uh, run some of it down. Uh, yeah. Mookie Betts uh, missed his fifth straight game yesterday as he continues to deal with the side problem. Uh, no indication whether he's going to play tonight against the Astros. D. Gordon was activated from the DL at one for three with the triple, so he's looking okay. Adrian Beltre was also activated, and uh, Beltre was uh, two for four. Dustin Pedroia continues to deal with the knee, was scratched from yesterday's game yeah. because of soreness. So you're going to have to Hasn't looked the that. same since he's been back, right? Only maybe one well, hit and 11 at-bats? Yeah, but it's just 11 at-bats. But the bigger concern for me is that the knee is already sore again. Right. Uh, Byron Buxton had x-rays. His left big toe is still broken. They're going to reevaluate him in five days. Uh, Reese Hoskins on the DL with uh, – with a broken jaw, but he's not going to need surgery. Uh, Gabe Kapler told reporters he'll be out weeks instead of months. Jamer Candelario uh, got hit in the wrist by a pitch. X-rays were negative. Bradley Zimmer will be activated from the DL today. And uh, Sandy Olderson told reporters that David Wright, who has not played the game over two years, will begin baseball activities within the, the next one to three weeks. Wright was at City Field yesterday doing some light workouts on the field. Really? Uh, yeah. Do you believe you may, we may, like, so you said one to three weeks or something. I'm looking, you know, I'm going to be conservative when it comes to David Wright and, to be quite honest, any of the Mets projections health-wise at this point. You know, I, I spin it forward to maybe, like, the All-Star game, right? It's about five weeks away, let's say. Um, you think it's possible to see a little bit of David Wright in the second half of the season? I know he wants to play. I know he's, you know, a kind of, they're going to have to rip the uniform off me. He hasn't played in two years. I know you're close with David Wright. Um, do you expect him to actually get some burn in the second half of the season? It's way too – there's no way to predict it, to be honest with you. It's you know, It's been multiple injuries, but yeah. I know for a fact that he's not going to continue to stop pursuing this until the doctors tell him you have to <laughs> right. shut it down, and they have not told him that he has to shut it down. So, you know, it remains a possibility, 
but I think it's so unpredictable that yeah. I can't sit. Sometimes, and especially this happens during fantasy football season, they'll say, how long is this guy out? They'll they'll ask me in the chat or on Twitter or something right. like that. Can you tell me when he's coming back? Sometimes there's not an answer. It's out indefinitely until further notice. Yeah, and to be quite honest, let's give a plug over to our folks over at Inside Injuries. You can't predict injuries, but Inside Injuries, they do the best job. Dr. A and the crew over there, they really hook us up. We're going to have to get Dr. A on sometimes during the football season to go through our injuries at uh, some point. Hey, you know, you also you mentioned Mookie Betts. You know, we talked about how great. Mookie Betts has been, when you're missing games like this, this will hurt you in the MVP kind of race, you know? Mike Trout still accumulating that war, whereas uh, some others are not. But thanks for the injury recap, Scott. I want to turn our attention to DFS today on a Friday. People getting paid. Maybe they're using it on their rent. Maybe they're using it, you know, to maybe throw a little bit of a couple of extra shekels on DFS. So we want to get them uh, prepped and ready to go. As always, what you need to do is go on over to DailyRoto.com. They make millionaires over there. Remember, you can enter the promo code $1 as well. Scott, on the hill tonight, you know, I guess the most expensive guys are Chris Sale and Garrett Cole. My only problem with them is they're facing each other, which means they're facing the Boston and the Houston lineups respectively as well. That gives me a little bit of cause for pause. I don't know if I'm running out Sale or Cole despite the fact that they're both awesome. What do you think? Yeah, a lot of the superstar pitchers have tough matchups tonight. Yeah. And, you know, that that's the issue. And I don't want to go with Zach Wheeler against the Cubs, although the guys <laughs> on Daily Roto have a nice breakdown of how his swing strike rate is, like, right mm-hmm. about at the career high mark. The first pitch strike percentage is, is better. But, you know, I'm scared of that. Uh, when you talk – when it comes down to deciding between uh, Sale and Cole, they like the baselines of Sale a lot better. Uh, but – you know, the, the way the way the Cole's been pitching, it's very, very tough. You know, this game could end up going to the bullpens, and uh, you know, I, it's not one that I like. Okay. Uh, what about, uh, you know, like I mentioned before, the Cleveland Indians are kind of, uh, you know, starting to move, starting to make hay in their division. What about a guy like Carlos Carrasco today? Uh, interestingly enough, because, uh, you know, on my fantasy team, I have three-fifths of the Cleveland Indians rotation. Scott, I have Carrasco, I have Clevenger, and I have Bauer. And Carrasco, you know, you would think Carrasco would be obviously the best of these three. That's not necessarily the case, the way Bauer's been pitching. What do you think about Carrasco tonight? Uh, I like him better than the other two. Uh, Jose Barrios, you know, on the other side. Barrios. Barrios. Is, uh, go, also, Scott, I got to tell you something. In your injury report, you said Jamir Candle. Isn't it Heimer? I thought you, I thought you I liked the Heimer. accent. I said uh, Heimer. Yeah. Oh, okay. I might have to pull a Jake on you and check the tape, but that's yeah. okay. Why don't you go but back and check sure. the tape? You said Heimer, sure. not Hamer. Uh, we'll have to maybe check the tape. But Let's uh, go back. Let's go back yeah. right now. A little Heimer Candelario. I just want to make Heimer. sure you're consistent with your, with your Heimer. accent, Scott. You know, I just Heimer, sure Candelari. Heimer Candelario. All right, but we like Carrasco? There. But with, we like Carrasco? Maybe yeah, a little better, bit better? Yes. But I'll tell you the three guys that I like tonight, if you like. All right, go ahead. Um, sure. I like Nick Pavetta a lot against San Francisco. Uh, you know, he's been pitching well all year. Chase Anderson, I think, is a nice play. He's coming mm. off of a bad start, but I think he'll be better against the White Sox. And Jaime Barria, who has pitched well go, against Scotty. everybody against the Yankees at home against the Texas Rangers, is a nice play. 
El Rey de Fantasía. The King Scott Angle telling you who Oite, he likes. Oíte, me gusta Jaime Baria. Yeah, uh, le gusta Reese's Pieces. Es sabro gigante con Don Francisco. <laughs> okay, fair, fair enough. Yeah. You could also para mí, para tú, yo... para ti. You could also get a little Yolanda Vega in there if you ever want, pulling the lotto numbers as well, Scott. But I like it. It's a multicultural affair here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. What I also want to tell guys, okay, because we're talking about DFS a little bit, Scott. People, if you go on over to dailyroto.com slash DKMS, you could win a chance for two tickets to a 2018 World Series game. Okay, you'll find the link to play free DFS baseball every single day. And then all you got to do really is listen to Roto Experts in the morning we'll tell you who to start on the hill and the starting pitcher is really the key you'll be in position to win but more importantly you could support the fight against blood cancer because from so many patients a bone marrow transplant is their best chance for survival and and check this out scott i mean if you hit 30 percent, if you hit 300 in major league baseball you're an all-star but unfortunately 30 percent of patients finding a matching donor when struggling with blood cancer that is not going to cut it that's where you come in okay Find out how you could register, potentially be a match, and help someone struggling with this disease. Not in fantasy world, in real life. Go on over to DailyRoto.com slash DKMS, and you could even win two tickets to a World Series game. Scott, I mean, you know, that's really what it's about, right? We talk about fantasy sports all the time, but here in real life, you can help save a life. 300 is a great rate hitting-wise, but can you believe only 30% of people can find a match? That's just not going to cut it, Scott. No, it's not. Okay, great analysis on that yeah. one. Uh, well, what else needs to be said, right? I mean, no, absolutely. That's why we talk about it. That's why we've been partnering with DKMS for, I would say, a year now, really helping to raise awareness around blood cancer. Hey, Scott, you know, we're talking about it's the last show of the week, right before we go into the weekend. Most leagues will have waivers kind of run maybe before we hear and before we cock-a-doodle do it on Monday morning. So we want to get people ready for uh, kind of the waiver run, right? Um, I've got a guy that you have been talking about um, all, I don't know, for the last few weeks, okay? And I'm seeing his ownership rate go up. I'm talking about the catcher down in Houston. I saw him go yard against the Yankees as well. He's now hitting 303. That's what's it for you if he goes yard against the Yankees. You're darn right because now I've seen it, right? But, I mean, listen, listen. This guy against lefties, he's hitting 500. He's slashing 500, 543, 781 against lefties. He's, his OPS is over 1,000 over the last week or so. Um, we've talked about how catcher is a wasteland. We've talked about how to respond uh, sometimes when as catchers go down. Listen, Scott, I, I, I think people need to add Max Stassi if they need him. Yeah, I think they certainly do, especially in a two-catcher league. I'm probably going to go after him this week in one of my leagues and cut James McCann. Uh, I, I said to this guy, every time I got in the lineup, he was showing pop. And uh, you know, now he's in the lineup because we just don't know when McCann's coming back. And I think you have to take advantage. Okay, fair enough. Um, also, on the catcher side, maybe people dropped him. Maybe people didn't. But it looks like Yadier Molina is going to start a rehab assignment. Over the weekend, he could be on his way back as well. Yeah. I don't know if how many people of those went ahead leaks, and dropped him. Yeah, if you're one of those leagues where like people cut him, uh, right. I think you have to go after him. Also, there's would been you a rather Molina or Stassi? Uh, Molina. 
more established. Right, because they're putting more, up really right. good numbers before you. And they'll play every day, hurt. pretty much, right? Yeah, there's also been a closer change in Miami. Brad Ziegler yes. is out. Kyle like Barraclaw is right? finally in, so the bidding's going to be very, very spirited for him this week. But you know, talking to one of my insiders out of Miami, they uh, they they caution you know not to forget about Drew Steckenrider either, because the difference mm-hmm. between Steckenrider and Barraclaw is Steckenrider has much better command. And I got a chance to uh, you know talk to Steckenrider when he was last in town, and you know the guy is. Uh, I think he's both mentally and physically fit to finish games. Okay, so he has the mental makeup to face the pressure of the ninth inning. But, yeah, Mattingly did it. Bearclaw is not going to have the the longest rope is what I'm saying. Fair enough. And here's the other thing, Scott, and we've talked about this with some other situations, right, like the Kelvin Barreras and the Nate Jones. It's also, you know, it's not like the Marlins are going to win a ton of games, right? So, I mean, if you're hunting for saves – this could be a hunting ground, but, you know, manage expectations there. One thing, when, you, when we talk about changing in the closer role, Scott, there's one other um, situation that I want to bring up, and you know very, very, very well about this. I'm not saying there's a change, and in fact, you know, Callaway said he's not making a change, but uh, Robert Gazelman got a save. Uh, this week, I believe it was yeah. on Wednesday, Wednesday in the 4-1 yeah. win, in the 4-1 mm-hmm. win against Atlanta. He pitched a 1-2-3 ninth. Um, is this anything? Is this a problem? Is this something to worry about if you're a familiar owner? Uh, I think you have to be concerned, like I was saying the other night. Maybe I overreacted <laughs> initially a little right. bit on Twitter because Callaway in the preseason was saying in spring training said – and during the offseason that I'm going to use my best. I'm, I'm going to mix and match. And that kind of knocked the value of Familia down. But then I got the word out of camp for, for some, you know, some Mets people that, you know, Familia is the best guy. And so he wants to put his best guy in those closing situations. And that's what Familia did. But then he started blowing saves. I believe he has around four blown saves. Then you look at the situation, though, and the way Callaway spoke about it uh, is that Familia came in when he felt it was like a true closing situation because the heart of the Braves' order was coming yeah. up with the lead on the line. And Familia basically got into another jam, and he was saved by a terrific, terrific play by Ahmed Rosario, who's mm-hmm. really starting to blossom. Familia's been erratic. I think he's still the ninth-inning guy, but his hold is starting to loosen. Yeah. It's not like we haven't seen Gazelman have some bad late-inning uh, spells as well, but I think I think if you have to, you have Familia, you got to bid something on Gazelman with Fab for, for mm-hmm. as a handcuff. Let me ask you. I this. think Familia is still the guy for now. For now, but but I, he doesn't we'll have the vice grip that he, he doesn't have the vice grip that he used yeah. to. Yeah, let me ask you this, Scott. Again, here's, here's the way that I played it this week. Um, this week, I had Chris Davis coming off the DL, right? And so what I always do, right, but like the day before a guy's coming off the DL, is I, you know, drop my low man on my totem pole for a guy who is on the DL, right? So I can go ahead and just, just as a speculative stash, you know what I mean? So that I could, when I had Chris Davis coming off, I could put someone on the DL. Um, and it's never necessarily, you know, I just look at the guys on the DL who might make sense for my team. And you know the guy I landed on um, was A.J. Ramos. Uh, Scott, what is he? what's his progress? And could he be in the mix to threaten Familia eventually as well? Yeah, I would drop him. It's not happening. It's not going to uh, happen. Ra- 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 Ramos is even more erratic than Familia. Okay. And he's had a very, very bad start. 
that guy is – the Marlins were always looking to replace him as a closer. I would not spend a spot. I like your strategy and your thought so process. So conceptually, you like the guy picking up a DL sec- guy when you need to to stash. But yeah, just but not you wouldn't AJ, have done it with A.J. Ramos. I, I wouldn't have done it with A.J. Ramos. Some other good guys to pick up. Tyler O'Neill got sent down. Harrison Bader is starting That's to That's who I was going to ask you about. Yeah. Three for five yesterday. Two runs. Yeah. This kid is uh, doing a 23-year-old. Uh, he's hitting 290 already overall. You think he's going to get regular at-bats? He's, he's kind of forcing the hand. You know, it's kind of a Nemo Meadows kind mm. of thing with, le- with less sort of hype. Ben Zobers continues to hit, but uh, the ownership is not high in CBSSports.com leagues. In deeper leagues, uh, I think he can really help you. Right now, he's uh, only owned in 24% in CBSSports.com leagues. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's, somebody, he's somebody else that you can pick up. But Wilmer Defoe is still a good ad because uh, we just don't know exactly when, uh, when our guy uh, Daniel Murphy is going to come back. And mm-hmm. Preston, Preston Tucker is uh, playing regularly now, if, again, if you need some outfield help. Chad Pinder's available in some leagues. What about this uh, kid, Fran Mil Reyes, in San Diego? This kid looks he's, like he has some power, hit he's, three he's straight home up, runs. Yeah, he's scooped up in a lot of competitive leagues. Oh, okay. Of course, if you need power in a the league then and uh, he's available, I'd say pick him up. But in mm-hmm. most of the competitive leagues, he's been scooped up. The so batting CBS, average has been he's low. Over 50%? He's over 50% in, like, CBS leagues, you're saying? Because that's where you I usually look, so. right? Okay. Um, I'm just going by feel. Sure. Uh, but if know, he's I available, t- he is a guy for who could be a source of power, correct? Yeah, but the batting average has been disgusting so yeah, far. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's in one young guy. <laughs> he's, he's only owned at 26% of CBSSports.com. See, so leagues, there you go. Which is, which is, which is kind of uh, a little bit stunning, but – then again, you look at the batting average, and maybe that's why people have stayed away. That's possible, yeah. Like you said, yeah. Scott, he is hitting uh, 182. And you mentioned how, like, you yeah, use you the can't, CBS. You can't have a guy like it on your team just like that. He's no, you're right. right. Your average drag. Right now, so, you know what? It's, it's not stunning. Average. Let me take it's that It's a back. drag. On the average, absolutely. Any other guys, Scott? You know, we talked about some arms. We talked about some of these closer situations as well. I brought up the Stassi. You talked about Bader. Are there any other names out there to keep an eye on that's worth a check in your league to see uh, when waivers run this weekend? Yeah, I think we covered a lot of them. But, you know, Bartolo's okay. Cologne's still out there in, in a lot of leagues, and uh, he, can, he can keep your ratios down. Okay, so think about not, it. You could I'm, always... not, I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing too too much else, you know, out okay. there in a in a lot of a lot of my very competitive leagues because I like mm-hmm. I like to go I like to go very deep. Sure. But uh, yeah, if if you need some pitching help, Clayton Richard is, uh, has been p- pitching really well lately, and is somebody that you can pick up a- as well. Uh, I'd probably avoid Mike Fires. You know that that that's a guy that I would stay away from. I actually I actually dropped him in uh in one league. So Wade LeBlanc is still out there too, in a lot of CBSSports.com leagues. He he had a bumpy start yesterday, but mm-hmm. overall LeBlanc's been pretty good. He's only owned in 13% of CBSSports.com leagues. All right, so don't forget definitely... this weekend to check uh the very deep waiver report from Cam Jayagrande on RotoExperts.com every weekend. Diamonds and gems on RotoExperts.com. Absolutely, Roto Experts is the mark of fantasy excellence. 
You got the King Scott angle. You got guys like Jake Seeley. You got guys like Brandon Williams. You got guys like George Kurtz giving you everything you need to win your leagues and win that cash. Scott, on Fridays, we're going to make a habit out of this, kind of looking at the waiver wire so people can make their claims over the weekend. On Mondays, we're going to always talk a little bit about the two start pitchers for the week, who you can take advantage of, maybe in head-to-head leagues, get extra innings, uh, get extra strikeouts, things of that nature. And then on Wednesdays, you know, coming off that George Kurtz article that happens weekly, we will talk about the, uh, you know, chasing saves in in essence, not chasing Amy, chasing saves. So regularly, Monday, we'll do two-star pitches. You know what it is, Scott. Wednesday, we'll do closers. And Fridays, we'll do just like we did, previewing the waiver wire. Hey, Scott, another thing that's going on right now at rotoexperts.com, Chris Mitchell has an article up talking about like some of these big names and will they turn it around. Scott, we've been talking about Paul Goldschmidt all year long, right? And this idea of he may be starting to heat up at his first home home run of the season this week. I believe he's up to like 209 or 210. We've talked about other guys like Jason Kipnis and Ian Kinsler, if they'll ever get off the interstate. But um, some of the guys that some of the guys that Chris mentions here in this article that may need to kind of turn it around, um, quite frankly is uh, Lance McCullers. What do you think about Lance McCullers? Uh, You know, looks decent with a 1.18 whip, you know, 68 strikeouts ready. But in the last 30 days, his ERA is north of four. And, uh, you know, Chris is suggesting that some of the advanced numbers say that he's been maybe a little bit unlucky. What do you think about Lance McCullers moving forward? Do you think he uh, might be able to get back on the saddle, turn it around? I don't think he's pitching that badly. You don't? uh, He had one bad start this month. He right, well. seven run, er, runs against Cleveland. Uh, before that, you know, the rest of the month, he had allowed three or less earned runs in every other one of his starts and uh, uh, two two or less earned runs in four of them. So I don't think Lance McCullers has to turn it around. It's, it was a case of one bad start against hmm. Cleveland, and he turned it around last night. He beat the Red Sox. He's 7-3 right. and three with a 389 ERA and a 117 whip. Uh, I don't see anything that he, he has to t- – to turn around. He's had two bad starts all year, one on April 11th against Minnesota and mm-hmm. one on May 26th. You don't take those away. I I hate fantasy analysts say, well, if you take those away, you don't. Right, because you can't they, take they, it away. They, they, they right. count. You know, especially, Everything counts. Especially, especially burns me up in football and goes, well, if you take that one run away of 50 yards, he only ended right. up with 50 on the day. But guess like, what? He had but, that but guess run what? That counts. Yards. He accomplished that. And <laughs> you talk to former NFL players, and that's the NFL works. Like, you chip, chip, chip. And right. You, maybe you don't Runners see anything. Runners go for three yards, finally, three yards, three yards, three yeah, yards, and then, then finally, 40. Yeah, the running back comes back and goes, I saw something there. Give me the ball. I'm going to take advantage of it. And boom. You, you just you don't take things away. He's had two bad starts, but he's certainly not a guy who needs to turn it around. Okay, I mean, you know, then talk to your guy, Chris Mitchell, because he mentions that he might. He's even speculating that he sees, uh, he sees signs that he may not be at 100%. Uh, so we shall see. I think That's what Chris what... is saying that is yeah. that he'll, he'll be even better than he has been so far. Okay. Let me ask you about one other guy, and this is a guy who certainly needs to turn it around. Remember, we talked to, um, we talked to our guy Nick over there who covers the Chicago White Sox. Listen, Nick Scott, what, yeah, yeah. What's Scouting up with Lucas? Director, yeah. What's up with Lucas Giolito, Scott? 
I mean, he sucks. This is yeah. I mean, at this point, he so he does need to turn it around, right, Scott? Does he fit in the category of someone who needs that's, to turn it that's around? An, that's an understatement. <laughs> well, he should be on question. He should Will be on fantasy around? baseball. He should right be on. He should be on. No. Do you have I any faith? What, I don't... Do you have any faith that he can he can turn it around? Uh, maybe by 2020. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 2019. The ERA is 7.53. The FIP's only 686. So uh, yeah, maybe there'll be a little bit of improvement there. I mean, the the uh, the strain rate is fifty nine point nine percent, but uh, this, <laughs> that's this, not this. too high. G- G- Giolito, you know, they're gonna roll him out there and let him learn on the job. Right. So the K I mean, rate's only four point nine one. Yeah. Uh, why, he's why not we blowing wait? anybody away? But as you mentioned, Scott, it's not like the White Sox are doing anything, right? So they'll let him take no. his bru- his bumps and bruises and learn on the job. Yep. One uh, a lot last of guy I want to yeah. mention. Last guy I want to mention here, Aaron Sanchez from Toronto. I mean, his uh, his whip is now over 1.5, ERA over 4.0. He was, you know, people thought he had a good arm. People thought he had that, that big-time curveball. Um, you think he can uh, trend upward as we move along here? I don't know. I always felt Aaron Sanchez was more hype than production. And, you know, he's pitching on a bad team. Well, it doesn't make him a bad pitcher necessarily, but he's only striking out 6.8K per nine. Uh, the ERA is 4.77, but the FIP is 5.19. Mm. So when I look at I'm the XFIP, so there's nothing there to suggest a turnaround. All right, fair enough. Hey, well, Scott, you know, we're, we're, we're finishing up here, hour number one. You're going to uh, make the tag in to uh, the all-in kid who's going to join us for the 8 o'clock hour. Scott, listen, once again. Just, you know, congratulations to you and your family for uh, Sean's graduation. You had to be incredibly proud of him, right, yesterday? How did that feel, like, seeing your, your kid kind of, uh, you know, graduate one of, college? One of, the, one of the proudest and happiest days of my life. Thank you. No, that's absolutely awesome. Uh, you know, the, the crown prince of racing, Sean Angle. Maybe we get him on next time there's a big uh, NASCAR race, a little DFS. Can we have him do, maybe do a little guest spot, preview a little father-son NASCAR hour? Oh, yeah, and uh, you can check him out every weekend on DailyRoto.com with his race previews. Absolutely. College graduate, Sean Angle. We tip our cap. All right, when we come back, we bring in the all-in kid, Jake Seeley. We're keeping it moving here. It's Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I would have to do it and run for my life. At that time when he was talking about gas and filling up the car. That was crazy. That was one of the most wild things I've ever heard. You're not going to have to fill up every other day, kid. And I'm like, what, what are they talking about? Weekdays, 1 p.m. Eastern and weekends, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Does your fantasy team suck? Maybe you need us. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The only free 24-7 Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. News update. Game one of the NBA Finals does not disappoint from an overturned charge late in regulation to overtime to LeBron James going absolutely nuclear. A first look at Warriors Cavaliers Part 4 had it all with Golden State winning 124 to 114 in overtime. LeBron James had 51 points with 8 rebounds and 8 assists in the loss. This game will be remembered for many defining moments. But none may have been bigger than J.R. Smith dribbling out the clock in regulation as it appeared he thought his team was up by one rather than a tie score of 107. Also, with 36.4 seconds remaining, James slid in front of a slashing Kevin Durant to draw what was initially called a charge. 
After a video review, the referees called a blocking foul on James to put KD at the line for two free throws. He hit both. Game two is Saturday. In baseball, Clayton Kershaw said his back tightened up during Thursday's start against the Phillies. The left-hander just came off the disabled list after a month-long bout with biceps tendonitis and could be headed right back. Kershaw has struggled with back issues over the past three seasons. The Cardinals placed right-handed pitcher Alex Reyes on the 10-day disabled list with a right latch strain. Reyes saw a significant decrease in his velocity during his first major league start of the season. It's been said that the latch strain is significant. They'll miss more than just a couple of starts. Jamir Candelario was moved from Thursday's game against the Angels for the Tigers after getting hit in the wrist by a pitch. Dustin Pedroia of the Red Sox was scratched from the Red Sox lineup with left knee soreness on Thursday. He just came off the DL as well. And the Marlins manager Don Mattingly confirmed that Brad Ziegler has been removed from the closer role. In the NHL, the Stanley Cup Finals will pick back up in Washington on Saturday. That series is tied up at one game apiece. I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Tuned in to the Roto Experts. Welcome back to Roto Experts in the morning. Let's cock a doodle do it right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. El Rey de Fantasy, the King Scott Angle, tags in the all in kid. Jake Seeley joins us now. Hey, Jake, how you doing? Did you stay up late and see the end of that NBA game one, man? The boneheaded decisions out of J.R. Smith. Did you catch that? Oh, yeah. I watched the entire thing. I, I told you I'd watch the finals. It's a whole All right. Thing. So now you're there. And, I mean, come on. What would you What would you say? I mean, Twitter was ablaze with uh, commentary on J.R. Smith, pun intended. But, come on. you got to know time, score, and situation, right? No, that's, that's what I said last night, though. It's, it's 100%. I don't know how LeBron, like the new tweet that said, I'd play like junk in overtime, too, if uh, if my teammate didn't even know the score at the end of the game. But at the same time, I was the one, I was out there saying, it was like, do we give LeBron more credit for having to play with J.R. Smith, or do we give him less credit because he picked J.R. Smith to be on this team? So, this you know, you could, you could kind of look at it both ways. I mean, honestly, though, what it really came down to, and, you know, this, so I was a semi-long-winded tweet because I used about 200 characters, but we, we can say this all the time. You know, in any football game, basketball game, I think baseball and hockey have it better than those two because the refs, even when they screw up, is usually never that egregious, especially mm-hmm. now that baseball has replay. But the fact is, is I, I tweeted, I said, honestly, the charge that turned into a block. The charge block call. Yeah. It should have never gotten us to the JR point and never should have got us to Golden State going to the overtime. And I said, there's always multiple plays in every game that we can argue, mm-hmm. and the refs are never going to be perfect. I mean, honestly, that two, that, that series that went with LeBron's clean strip that they call the shooting foul on Kevin Durant, and then on the right. other end they got stripped and he was actually fouled. I mean, those are back-to-back calls that were called the wrong way. One foul went for Golden State. One didn't go for Cleveland. So it's actually in against Cleveland both times. Right. All that four point swing potentially. Exactly. So you can say that stuff all the time. Point being is, even if it was a charge, even if you want to say it was a charge, I don't think it was. You can move if you have position. For people who don't understand mm-hmm. that about basketball, there wasn't a reviewable play. 
It's a judgment call. You can't review pass interference in football. You can't review charges for judgment plays. Right. And it left a bad taste in my mouth because mm-hmm. you know this. Everybody knows this. It's a seven-game series. You win game one on the this road. This their chance to steal it. Yep. This it's was a completely their chance to steal it. If they now lose in yep. seven games – Yep. Like I just that left a really bad taste in my mouth last night. Yeah. The one thing I'll say, Jake, is I think the part that was reviewable and what sent them initially to the television screen was to check to see if he was in that restricted area, that semicircle. That right. part they can review. The uh, then after that, after they cross that threshold, then it's a judgment call. You know. And right. I, and here's the thing, Jake. I personally, when I saw it live and after re- personally, I thought it was in fact a block. However, what I would say is, you know how in football when they do instant replay, there's a difference of like confirmed, overturned, or stands? You know, I think the right way to have approached it would have been call stands after replaying that because – Listen, there's, you know, you could debate whether he was still moving, whether his shoulders were squared up, whatever the case may be, whether he was in that quote-unquote legal guarding position. But to me, there was not overwhelming and incontrovertible evidence to overturn the call made originally. Uh, Similar to how with the NFL, you could say the call stands and you have to really see something to go ahead and overturn it, especially in crunch time of the NBA Finals. So yes, Jake, in a number of ways, LeBron got hosed, but 50 one point, an epic performance. This guy is really carrying the weight of uh, the state of Ohio on his shoulders, Jake. Yeah, no question about it. But you, to go back to that, it's, that's like if in football, if there was a pass interference, but the guy, yeah. you know, the something like happened. if he was out of bounds. They could replay right. if he was out of bounds and came There's, back and, in. Something right, like that. And, but if they, and they can't go back and say, oh, but while we saw it. And by the way, was, <laughs> it's pass interference, too. Right. <laughs> you know? like, it's, right. It's a, that, that's my biggest issue with it. But, you know, that, that's, like I said, that, that's why. And it, that happened not too long after those two the strips that one was a strip and one wasn't. And they got them completely backwards. I just I hate seeing that. And mostly because at this point, I always, it's funny. I went into the last night series similar to when I went to the Super Bowl with the Seahawks versus the Patriots. And I didn't really know who I was rooting for. Like the back, the Seahawks, Patriots. Ah. Is, I was like, uh, you know, I, you know I, I guess I don't want to see the Patriots win, but I'm a Giants fan. But so then it when you're sitting me. there, when you're yep. sitting there, you start to uh, authentically feel one way or another, Jake. Yep. And I started rooting for the Patriots in that Super Bowl because of how many people I didn't like. On the Seahawks, mm. including Marshawn so, Lynch, last night. So what? So what does that mean? Last night? Yeah, go ahead. Hundred percent pulling for the Cavaliers. It wasn't even close. Really? Like from, from the tip off, I wasn't even. <laughs> it wasn't even like. At least, nope, we're rooting for the Cavaliers apparently. Okay, so I hear you. I had you know. I, I, I similarly do not have a proverbial dog in the fight. I found myself. It's hard. I found myself rooting for the Warriors, but at the same time marveling slash sort of pulling for LeBron, you know, um, because I was been anti-LeBron for a long time, but I kind of just got to stop and give the man his due. It's sort of like, you know, late in people's careers sometimes, like this happened for me with Kobe Bryant. This happened for me with even Michael Jordan, who eviscerated my Knicks and toyed with them the same way LeBron does with the Raptors. But over time and at a certain point, you have to just start to accept and appreciate the greatness that you're seeing before you. Yeah, I, I, I said that, what, a yeah. couple of weeks ago when we first started having this conversation. Yeah. I'm with you on this. It's just, it's it's unbelievable. You know what? The flip side of it, too, is, though, watching that game, I can see why still people don't want to root for him because he uh-huh. still comes off as Slapping a Slapping his baby. chest too much and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Like, like eh. I'll give you a perfect example. 
the one where the, let's go back to it. The, the two slapped fouls. The one was and one wasn't. When I understand the frustration, and I understand the fact that yours was clean and you clearly got slapped on the mm-hmm. forearm. I understand that. Get back down the court. Michael Jordan never right. stood there while the play was going. Right. And complaining right. and whining. The and, right, and throwing yep. your arms up. And they even brought that up in the broadcast. And they said, it's like, when you had that situation, the reason that was such an easy play was just five on four. Like, you know, there's just, you you got to get back down the court. When the break is over, you know, Michael Jordan got in the face of the rest all the time. Michael Jordan got right. some calls that weren't really calls. Let's be realistic. And I'm a Jordan fan. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, do it during the right time. Don't cry right. during every single play while plays are going on. Right, going to commercial break, going back to the huddle on a timeout, that's when you start to put your arm around the ref and start lobbying for future calls, not when there's a break going the other way and the Golden State Warriors are about to explode on you. But I digress. Hey, Jake, let's talk about some news and notes out of the NFL. We have acknowledged already, Jake, that this is a down part of the year. And listen, this is so – I think this is the perfect case. I was reading some kind of news and notes yesterday, and here's one of the things I saw that I was like, it's so – nonsense and my response was like oh really you think and what it was is that check this out jake the chargers are going to go to more three wide receiver sets oh word you think so with no antonio gates with no hunter henry with both williamses and keenan allen that's the kind of stories we're getting right now jake i don't even want to dignify that Chargers report with a response but i do want to throw out some other ones um you know this is all may and i understand that right But we talk about um, the idea of the workhorse running back, you know, and how they are dying breed, how they are few and far between. I could think of maybe five situations, right, you know, in Dallas and Pittsburgh and Arizona, maybe one or two others. Um, Talk about two other situations. One, in Chicago, okay, Nagy said that Jordan Howard's not going to necessarily be a bell cow, but that's going to be game-specific on if they need to use him that way. And then in Philadelphia, you hear Jay Ajayi saying, quote-unquote, he wants to be a workhorse. I mean, like, there's a lot of things I want to do, you know. I want to have the sports almanac from Back to the Future if I could, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen. Ajayi and Howard, of these two, which do you think have – are closer to that kind of workhorse status? Or do you think, uh, you know, does Tyree Cohen get too much into the Howard production? Do guys like Sproles and Clement eat into Ajayi in the uh, Philadelphia running back room? What do you think about these two guys vis-a-vis the workhorse concept? It's Jordan Howard. It's not even a question. It's, it's the, the whole fact is, I think he's just coming out and saying things every single week on top of it. I mean, a week yeah, ago. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> I mean, honestly, a week ago, a week and a half ago, it was they have Jordan Howard. How much Howard's you love going, to be going? No, I was, oh, then it was before that when it was the whole, yeah. is the Jordan Howard's going to keep his role and he's, uh, he's a supremely talented running back and we know he can do and all that type of stuff. So he's already said that too. So if he said the Tariq Cohen thing, that means he's done all three now. He's supported Howard, supported Cohen, and played the middle road. So it's, it's all season. It's coach speak. The fact is, it's Jordan Howard. Tariq Cohen is going to be involved. Tariq Cohen was involved last year. Jordan Howard, while having his struggles with the pass catching, but they said they've been working on that, he himself as well, as well as the team, he still ran for 1,100 yards and nine touchdowns. There's some weeks where, you know, he wasn't terrific, but that's what happens when your name's not Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, 
you know, you're going to have inconsistent weeks. Even Leonard Fournette didn't have the best get, you know, the, the weeks that he didn't have a touchdown because his numbers weren't great on yards per carry. He has some weeks where you were frustrated. So the fact is, is Jordan Howard is still an RB1 fringy in PPR. Uh, he does take a hit mm. in PPR. There's no question about it. The Eagles situation is Doug Peterson's never and that's granted a small sample, but he's also come from a team that, you know, generally, even when they had Jamal Charles, you look at it, he was somebody that never carried the ball 20 times a game, and he rarely did. Right. So this whole, Jay, like you said, Jay Jai can want whatever the hell he wants. doesn't make right. it it's going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's I want the Powerball numbers, you know what I mean? <laughs> we talked about this yesterday. I had J.J. Zacharyson on the On Target podcast yesterday, and I brought this backfield up because I was talking about overhyped players, and the person I brought up was Corey Clement. And the fact that mm. everybody's drafting Clement in the eighth and the ninth round, and it's baffling to me because that's crazy. Yeah, because I understand the postseason, I understand the talent and the excitement, but Ajayi is the lead. He's not going to be a workhorse, and people right. are forgetting about. Hey, you know that guy Darren Sproles? Tiny Darren the, Sproles <laughs> catching all the tiny touchdowns all the tiny time. Is like one of the best pass catchers for the past decade. <laughs> yep. I I I don't I don't get it. I can understand Clement in like the tenth round, and maybe you know somebody breaks right, or I, mm-hmm. I just I don't get it. I'm not wasting my time with that Eagles backfield. Yeah, I agree with you. Here's the one thing I would say: we saw Ajayi. You know, he was a midseason acquisition for the Philadelphia Eagles last year, right? Is there anything, Jake, to the narrative that now that he has a full offseason under his belt, a training camp with the team, that he may, in fact, grow in his role and be able to – I'm not saying he's going to be a bell cow, okay? No, he's not Le'Veon Bell. No, he's not Zeke Elliott. But is there a chance that he gets – more uh, more snaps, more touches, a greater percentage of the role because, you know, he had to learn on the fly in that offense last year, and now he has a full offseason. Yeah, sure. There's a chance. There's also a chance I win the lottery tomorrow and start dating the supermodel. Okay, well, would you put where would you put that chance in that he grows? I mean, I, I, do, I don't think he's a workhorse. I don't think he's a bell cow. But I do think he will, uh, you know, it, it, the split could be more like, 70-30 than 60-40, that sort of thing. Oh, 70-30 is a workhorse. Ah, I mean, no. Yes. To me, Le'Veon Bell, no, is, no. Le'Veon Bell is 90. You know, Zeke Elliott is 90% no, of no, his no. stuff. Uh, but 70% is a workhorse. Uh, 70% okay. of the touches is a workhorse. You, you, 50-50 is still – that's fringy getting on the workhorse. But, like, 60-65% is still workhorse because that's like – you're talking about touches. So if you're talking okay, about so percentage. where do you think it goes for Ajayi? Where do you think it is? The percentage touches? 30, yeah, 35, yeah. 40? Because that room is so clouded with Sproles and Clement. Don't forget about other guys that they, you know, I mean, they, we, look at we, they, they say they like you also. Get, you give them 40, that's the majority of the work because the other 60 split up between two guys. Okay, so right, right, right. Uh, you know, it's good old, just like our commander in tweets has his solid 35% base, and that's enough to win a primary. But I digress. Um, yeah, fine, because the rest of the pie is being split up, so that's still the majority. But I, I do think I, I am a little higher on Ajayi than you, Jake. I do think that uh, the, the second year in the system, remember, with one, what I consider the best offensive line in all of football. I want to go back to Jordan Howard real quick, Jake. You mentioned that he's a fringe uh, RB1 to you. I have him slightly lower. To me, he's definitively an RB2. Let me kind of pin you down right here. If I set the over-under on touchdowns for Jordan Howard this year at 7.5, where would you go? Over or under 7.5 touchdowns? 
Mm, I'll pull up my projections. I'll tell you. I'm just gonna. Okay. I, you know, I can't right check the link the... on everything. I can't check I, the link for everything. Jake. You should. You know, I, well, when I have the source right in front of me, you know, I'm, I, you're my cheat sheet, Jake. Yeah, that's what people um, on Twitter say. But you know what? The lazy person comes to me on Twitter because the check the link is always there. That's over well, because I got him for seven point three. Well, well, okay. So I was close though. No, I said seven and a half. So it's under. It's right there. Oh, I thought you speed. said seven. Yeah. Well, I don't. Either like way, you were right there. You were, you were right I, there. Either way. Let me tell you something. When I set an over/under, it will not be an integer, okay, Jake? It'll be a it'll be a half because I don't that's, like the push. That's I, smart. I yeah. want you okay. to I want you to be definitive, okay? So I will definitely go seven and a half. All right. That's so I missed the I missed line. the half because I was busy pulling up the sheet because I was like, all right, well, I guess I gotta go look. Fair enough, but listen, Jake, that's what we do here on Roto Experts in the Morning. We are bringing the link to life here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Yeah, the Scott's going to be mad that you're giving away all this information from the draft kit. Oh, <laughs> Jake, you had to hear some of Scott's impressions of you in the first hour. Uh, I, I, I strongly advise they're, they're, you to uh, subscribe. Subscribe to Roto Experts in the Morning and catch the first hour with me and the king, Scott Angle. Other piece of you news. You know what's funny? No, 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 hold on. This is funny. Is, first of all, 90% of Scott's impressions, not that good. Second of all, he only comes at me when he's not on the show with me. Oof, those sound like fighting words. Gloriously, you have the opportunity to uh, let him know yourself on social media or otherwise. And if people you... want to hit us up and let people know, they can do it at Spit and Speeds, at All In Kid, at Scotty Roto X for here, Roto Experts. Did you happen to let him know how I did on Roto Clio yesterday? I uh, I did not. I strayed away from it because, you know, I'm trying to figure out how we're doing this. Remember how I said I wanted Mike Trout and I didn't know if I was going to go conservative to get a hit or a home run? Once yeah. again, I messed this up. Remember how I told you that Clayton Kershaw wouldn't go the route, but he'd pitch well, and I thought it, thought it would be a close game, so I went with Kenley Jansen? Yeah, it was just 2-1, but on the other way. You know, I'm just – I can't get it right. I can't get it right on this road. Cleo, Jake, you are our saving grace because J-Rod had a good week. So we needed the Blake Trinan save out of you to go ahead and surpass J-Rod. And, you are protecting and, sales. Uh, who else did you have that, go, that went yard? I didn't, I didn't check. Nelson Cruz went yard. Oh, he did go yard for the Seattle Mariners. Good day getting you ahead of J-Rod, saving free subscriptions. Uh, forget for, J-Rod. Uh, I'm now 12 points ahead of Scott and Everybody. 14 ahead of you. Yeah, but you know what, Jake? The, here, here's the thing. Because what we're doing now with uh, Scott in the first hour and you in the second, I don't know. I don't know how we're going to do Roto Clio. You might just, just be like able to we take did. the title. It's, it's not that you hard. It's just, just a – it was just because I'm like Usain Bolt running over here and you guys are trying to get my medal stripped away because you guys suck. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that, Dick. You know, I saw that, right? So he gets one of his medals stripped, right? But here's what I think is the best part. Because it's like, what, eight years later, ten years later? It was Brazil who finished in fourth place. And now ten years later, they get Olympic medals. That, I think, is the coolest part of this. Yes, the Usain Bolt legacy, whatever. He was the only guy to have nine golds and three Olympics, sweep those events, blah, 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 blah. That's all well and good. Usain Bolt, everybody knows. There's some random dude in Rio de Janeiro right now that all of a sudden has a bronze medal. That is what I think is very cool. The Brazilian team was fourth in those Olympics. They move up to third because, Jake, also, a lot of these countries, they have things where, like, you get paid if you medal in the Olympics. Some of these sports academy yeah. developers. Developing countries, so I would go back and be like, "Yo, I'm a bronze medalist now. Give me that cash." 
That's the best part of the story to me, Jake. These people are just chilling at home and all of a sudden like, dang, I got a medal. Eight years later, I'm an Olympic medalist. <laughs> you know? Here's the thing, though. Like, you think they saw the news or like somebody had to tell them? Like, I don't hey, know. Like... That's the thing. And if you're the Brazilian Olympic Committee, right, do you let the cat out of the bag or do you make them come to you and find out? You know, do I want oh, to that... free with that? That's dirty. So you're basically it saying, would like, be. maybe we could get away with not paying them. <laughs> It would be, but it's not like the nation of Brazil is, you know, economically uh, thriving right Flush. now, Jake. So maybe – exactly. So maybe they're pinching pennies with their Olympic program. I think we need to research that. It's law and order here on Roto Experts in the morning. Hey, Jake, one other piece of news that I wanted to uh, get your take on. Down in Miami, down in Miami, they're saying they are now, quote-unquote, taking it one day at a time with Devontae Parker as I hear myself making it pop in the background. Um, what, what's the deal on Devontae Parker? This guy now, for years, I've been expecting him to be the breakout kind of guy, you know, out of Louisville, and it just hasn't happened yet. Now, no Jarvis Landry there anymore. He could be primed and ready. Do you think he actually takes this step forward finally this year? Uh, are we doing this again? We're really doing this again with Devontae Parker? Like, how many times, like, I'm a Devontae Parker supporter. I talked about his talent, and then I talked about how great he was in college when he came out of the draft. At the same time, right. how many years are we going to do this? How many years are we going to keep playing this game where Devontae well, Parker, this, this is season? Exactly. How about so the same many times we're going to see the Warriors and the Cavs, I guess. That's how many no. times. I don't what know. we're doing, here's what you need to be doing. You need to be doing what I'm doing, is laughing Ooh, at everybody that? and taking the better Dolphins wide receiver in the 8th and ninth round as Kenny Stills is still sitting there staring you in the face because Kenny Stills okay. has outplayed him to this date. Kenny Stills has grown in his game to this date. Kenny Stills is actually still funny to follow on Twitter. But the fact is, is yes, Devontae Parker's ceiling is higher, and I have no problem right. taking him as a potential. You want to give him as me, to me as my wide receiver four? No problem. But the problem is, is people are doing, they're buying all the risk again. They're still taking him as a top 30, 35 wide receiver, which is the stupidest thing in the world. No, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I am not, at this point for me, he's a, someone else could take the risk. I'm going to need to see it before I believe in it. Let me ask you to do this, because you're saying, like, are we going to do this again? That the narrative, like, we already know about Devontae Parker. There was another top draft pick in that draft that we're also waiting on, Jake, as a wide receiver, and that's the kid out of Chicago, Kevin White. I believe they were both in the 2015 draft. We're waiting on Kevin White as well. Uh, you know, as you said, Matt Nagy is talking every day about a different bear. He's also saying, like, this guy is, you know, first into the facility, last out of the facility, doing everything the right way. If I put a gun to your head and I said you had to believe in Parker or White for this year, where would you go? Uh, why do those have to be the choices? Why, you know, why because that's the, conference, that's the question why, I'm asking you, Jake. Why was why why always got to put guns to people's heads? Like that, Fine. Just, if I asked you to get <laughs> off the fence that you are currently riding, there is which no fence. One, which way I you told go? you what the answer was. It's Kenny Stills. I don't know why we're dragging these guys into it. It's Kenny Stills. Well, I'm the juxtaposing answer. it. I'm juxtaposing it against Kevin so, White, also a boss that has never fulfilled this from also, the 2015 okay. draft as a top 20 draft pick. 
the difference is, is Kevin White's got injury after injury after injury after injury after injury. So in between the two is going to be Devontae Parker, because at least Devontae Parker had the stretch of touchdowns at the end of the one season. At least he's got that going for him. I love Kevin White, and he's up there. The same thing. They're both at the top of the draft class in talent. There's no question in it. It's just Kevin That's White. That's why I get... asked the question, Jake. That's why I asked the Ke- question. Kevin White can't even get on the field. They drafted Anthony Miller. I, I don't see mm. where Kevin White can break through. At least, like I said, Devontae Parker could be the number one. That's the difference there. So there's still a path for Devontae Parker, whereas uh, Kevin White's got a little bit too many guys to leapfrog, whether it's Miller, they signed Gabriel. You know they have AR-15 as well. But Jake doesn't like hearing about guns, so we're not going to talk about AR-15. I want to ask you about a second-year rookie – I mean, excuse me, a second-year wide receiver. Reports out of Tennessee. Listen, Corey Davis, they say is impressive. A lot of people were very high on him, Jake, as a rookie, myself included. I think a lot of people started making comps to Terrell Owens. That might be a little bit premature. I love the skill. I know you do as well. But when I think about Tennessee, you know, I think exotic smash mouth. Now, I know there is a change in coaching there. I know there's no Eric Decker. I personally think Delaney Walker is on the kind of, you know, shall we say, the the tail end of his career with guys like John Smith potentially threatening him there. What do you think about Corey Davis? Is he going to take that big second year jump at wide receiver this year? Well, I'll tell you where you're getting the Corey Davis stuff from. You were one of the people who said it. No, a lot of people said that. I heard Terrell Owens out of more than your mouth, Jake. I heard Terrell Owens out of other people's mouths. A lot of people jumped on my bandwagon. Oh, okay. Excuse me. You were the Pied Piper. Pied Piper of comparisons, Jake. I respect that. So do you expect I'm just telling you, in in certain cases, I was leading the charge because um, all I'm saying is the year – his. His year before he came out, I was making that comparison. So, yes, in this case, this was one of the situations where I was leading the charge. The fact credit is, goes where credit is due. The fact is, this offense is going to be different. You're looking at a more aggressive and a passing offense. This is not going to be run-heavy. This is not going to be the stupid exotic smash mouth and all that nonsense. This is. And Corey Davis's talent is undeniable. Like where Kevin White was at the top of the draft class, he was a great wide receiver. Devontae Parker, top of the draft class, great wide receiver. They didn't have a Terrell Owens ceiling. And that's the thing that I said. Corey Davis isn't Terrell Owens. That's his ceiling. That's his comp. That's his skill. That's his body. That's his size. That's how he plays. Sure. That's who he could be. That the inputs, is not the outputs. Yes. And he's going to see that happen this year as he continues to grow and get on the field consistently, get playing time and rapport with Mariota consistently, get an offense that doesn't ignore the wide receiver as much as it does. And now you got a one-two punch with Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry. He knows who I said first. And if you look at it, mm-hmm. yes, Corey Davis, I have as immediate. I already have as a top 30 wide receiver for this year. You have him as a top 30 wide receiver, so to me, what is that? That's like 70 catches, 850 yards, something like that. Oh, you're just going to throw out numbers, or do you want them? Do you want Five or six touchdowns. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to show you Wait, how was, I can try to nail it pretty good, too. What, what do you got? What was the, what was the yards? Uh, my yards, I would, for Corey Davis, I would hover around 850. All right, so almost dead on low. Nice. And then how many, touch, how many touches did you say? Touchdowns. Catches or touchdowns? Touchdown. Uh... So I got to go half. I go five and a half. All right. So I have him for 70.8 receptions, 893 yards, and 6.1 touchdowns. 
See, the spitting statistician doesn't need to put in all that work, Jake. I could just come out of thin air pull, and uh, get it within yeah. one st standard deviation of just the mean. That's what we're trying pull, to do here. That's why I'm the spitting statistician. <laughs> That's why I'm the spitting statistician. Let me ask you this, though. Let me ask you this, because if you're telling me that they're moving away from exotic Smash Mouth, right? And don't get me wrong, Dion Lewis is potentially evidence of that, right? He can get 40, 45 catches as well. Um, a lot of people wonder about, you know, Delaney Walker. I'm wondering if there's an impact there. Now with other options in the passing game, Deion Lewis as an option, uh, an improved Corey Davis. You know, you always still have Rashard Matthews there as well. Um, I'm a little bit, you know, I like to be a year ahead of these things, Jake, and I think that this could be the start of the downturn for Delaney Walker. Um, it sounds like you, I think you have him as a top five or six tight end. Tell me why you maintain your kind of uh, the potential of Delaney Walker. I think this could be when it starts going downhill for the guy. Because it already kind of went downhill. It really was. I mean, he had 94 and 1,088 in 2015, and he's got 800 and 800 the past two seasons, around 70 receptions on average, seven and right. three touchdowns. I have him for 78, 23, and six. So, so I think the touchdowns are coming back a little bit, but the fact is, Delaney Walker is more there on volume. He's kind of the Frank Gore at this point. And he's not gotcha. going to be out there winning you weeks. At the end of the season, he's going to end up as a top 10 tight end because he plays 15, 16 games, and he mm -hmm. just produces every single week. He's got the most amazing floor outside of the big names. Right, so he's like the kind of quote-unquote safe tight end option once you go through those uh, top three. We all know that top three tier of Gronk, Ertz, and, of course, Travis Kelsey. When we come back here on Roto Experts in the Morning, the all-in kid and the spitting statistician who pulls stats out of thin air, and it seems to be close enough to all of Jake's research. We'll find out more about that. Jake, you got a great article about real or fake performances in May in fantasy baseball. We'll talk about that when we come back. Roto Experts in the Morning. Join the family at Modell Sporting Goods. Visit your nearest Modells and sign up for our MVP rewards program to receive insider deals all year round. Earn points on every purchase when you use your MVP card to earn Modell's cash back. It's our way of thanking you for being a loyal customer. Upon signing up, receive 10% off your purchase and 15% off your next purchase. It's that simple. Plus, new MVPs this month are eligible to win a $500 Modell's gift card. When you got to play more and pay less, you got to go to Mo's. It's Carton and Friends. When I show up, the first reaction of my teammates is, what's this? Yeah, what are we doing is here? Is this a joke? Yeah. I thought I was playing football. So they might not go as hard on you. No, no, the other way. I will earn their respect. I'm not going to Brett Favre stay in a different hotel room, no. yeah. ride my own bus. Okay. I'm with the guys. Yeah. And when I take the field, I know the skepticism. Can't play. Oh, Woody Harrelson's here. <laughs> and then when I go on the field, they'll look, they'll go, oh that's an athletic <laughs> Weekdays, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. I've got a real love for the all-in kid, Jake Seeley. Hour number two here on Roto Experts in the Morning, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network as we slide into a weekend. It is the first weekend in June. Kind of a ceremonious uh, thing, Jake. You know, we had the Memorial Day weekend last weekend, the unofficial start of summer. And as we turn the page to June, you know, we're starting to get to the point where I would say, you know, actual performance this year greater than sign the back of the baseball card. You know, at some point, you have to start thinking like, hey, 
These guys may or may not turn it around anymore. We talk about the Paul Goldschmidt's, the, the Ian Kinsler's, the Jason Kipnis's of the world. Now that we've crossed this threshold of June, uh, is that kind of a marker for you, Jake, generally speaking, about like, hey, this is no longer just a streak or a hot start or a cold start. This may be something that we have to look at for the entire season. Is this a fair kind of uh, you know benchmark point of the season to start thinking in that way, Jake? No, I think that if people wait this long, it's a mistake, honestly. I think you need to start looking oh, okay. after one month. One month is a you know, sixth of the season. How much more sample size do people want out there? As soon as you get an extra week or two, you're up to one-fifth of the season. Waiting for the first two months, now you only have three-fourths done. That's it. We're done. Actually, no, wait. That's one-third. One-third of the season's done. So I don't mm-hmm. understand why people always want to wait so long. For baseball, you know, the, the fact is when it comes to baseball is more often than not, it's the cliche. They played in the back of the baseball card. Right, That's right, right. true for people we know, but people wait to make trades and they wait to make moves and they don't want to sell high. And they don't want to buy low and they don't want to let somebody go and move on and realize this just might not be the year for them and all these type of things. And they wait till the end of May. By that time, at the end of May, it's a lot. Of, it's too late to make those moves for a lot of these people. Like if you're trying to tra- if you try to trade Paul Goldschmidt at the end of April, you could mm-hmm. potentially have still gotten first round value. Right okay. now, now you got to no take way. 60 cents on the there's, dollar. There's no way. And if you're looking at numbers right now, and that's the point of the real or fake article, is mm-hmm. it was all about May numbers. Like, if you look at the numbers for a whole, but a lot of it's skewed by these are all terrific May performances. So if you look at them at this point, you're, you're looping in the hot streak you're talking about and whether or not that's real. Exactly. And, you know, you talk about like regressing to the mean, right? What people have to understand, you do a kind of a nice example with round numbers at the top of this article. For someone to regress to the mean, that means they need to perform below average for that to happen. And so like if you catch someone after their hot streak, you know, that's exactly what the word regression actually means. You know, it has to pull down the average. But Jake, as you mentioned, you got this article up. Well, give the numbers so people understand. Okay, sure. So let's say if we... Sure, if we're using like big round numbers, right? Yeah, sure. Let's say someone has a is hitting 400 in May, right? right. Um, but for them to hit 300 for the season, you know, to pull that number down from 400 to 300, you're probably actually hitting 250 for the rest of the year. So if you hop on to someone after that hot start and then you look, like you said, proverbially at the back of the baseball card and they hit 301 for the year, you know, that means they actually hit – well below that to, in fact, regress the average. Same thing to be said with any of these ratio stats, whether it's ERA, whip, on-base percentage, or anything like that. Okay, so Jake has the example, uh, the article up right now, Real or Fake, the Impressive May Fantasy Baseball Performances, right now on rotoexperts.com. And we're going to dive into some of these. Jake, you mentioned not one, but two Philadelphia Phillies starting pitchers, Jake Arietta and Aaron Nola. You believe in Aaron Nola, who also had a great start last night, striking out 11 Dodgers, not as much on Jake Arietta. Compare the two and tell me why you believe in one and the other one you think uh, you need to forget about. Well, the fact is, is Nola's always had the talent. He's finally putting it all together. He's had injuries, inconsistency. But if you look at it, if you look at the fact that he's got a 2.27 ARA, 6-2 record, 11 starts, but in May he was 1.91. That's not that far under his 2.27 ERA. And if you look at all the metrics that go along with it, most of them are in line, and most of the ones that have improved and you might be concerned about are not 
because they're not moving into a range where that's unsustainable. They are what an ace would normally pitch. You know, if you look at the BAPA being under 306 mm-hmm. down in like the 270 range. Well, there was a lot of pitchers last year. They were way below that. The lead leaguer in BAPA for years have been 240, 230, 250. So to have something in the 270, 280 range is doable. And actually, your top end pitchers will be in that range because they induce a lot of weak contact. The problem with Arietta is not the fact that he hasn't been good, but one is the matchups if you look at some of the teams he's played. And the fact is his XFIP is all the way up at 411 because he's not striking anybody out. And his home run rate is extremely lucky right now. That's one thing that usually you talk about regressing to the mean. Home run rate, whether it's inflated or depressed, normally comes back to what you pitch as, as your home run. And he's also pitching in that band box, which is going to be ridiculous now that we're in June. The fact is he's going to start giving up a few more home runs. If the weather ever changes, Jake, because it it does gloomy down there. I mean, if we get to the point, the only thing in his favor right now that could help skew it a little bit, and maybe he doesn't blow up to a four-plus ERA, but he's definitely not going to have a two-something ERA, is, you know, maybe he has a mid-three, is that he's limiting fly balls. That's helping him so far. All right, so there you go. So uh, Aaron Nola, we believe in. Remember, he had a great start yesterday against the Dodgers uh, as they won two-to-one. I want to bring up another guy in this article, Jay, because, you know, once again, you're going real or fake, and there was one guy you, you know, Humpty Dumpty, you're riding the fence sitting on the wall, and that's Angelton Simmons, where you go, your, your, your ultimate conclusion is fake-ish. Okay, so here's it's my not question. right in the wall. If you read it, if you read it, you would know it's not sitting on the wall. All right, so big stand, real or Has- fake, Jake? I mean, his gossip. Has- hashtag read, read the link. Just like a check um- the link. I'm reading the whole blurb. I'm reading the whole blurb, and I wanted to bring up Angelton Simmons because, as you mentioned, he is known for his defense. But the BABIP, uh, you're saying his BABIP is 353? Um, That may be primed to, as we say, regress down to the mean. Am I right that your average BABIP, unless you're you're a a hardcore speedster, should hover around 300? 300 to 310, and better okay. – like, Miguel Cabrera is not a speedster, but he'll carry a bat for 340 regularly. So okay. the fact is, is better hitters similar to the pitcher situation. Better hitters are going to have better Babbitt because they hit the ball better, they hit the ball harder, and it's harder to catch those balls. Uh, the fact is, the point of the reason why it says fake-ish is because he's not this good, but he's, to my point, at the top of the – like, the whole start to Andrelton Simmons is – he deserves your respect. He's better than right. you still think he is. People still don't realize he's a valuable infielder and he's a valuable asset in fantasy. You're talking about somebody 15-20 in home runs and stolen bases with 70-70 and runs in RBI with a decent average. That's supremely valuable in any 12-team sure. or bigger league as your middle infield spot. That's the point. So he's real. The problem is he's not this good so far, and that's where he's fake. So that's why I said fake-ish. He's not this good, but he's still better than people realize because people still don't want to give him respect. Yeah, you know, we bring that up. I I brought him up last hour with the King Scott Angle as well. Under the context of, listen, we have something of a golden era of shortstop in the American League. I, I reminded Scott, remember that Sports Illustrated cover years back with Nomar and Jeter and A-Rod and, like, Miguel Tejada, Edgar Renteria? Do we have that now, right now? Look at the shortstops in the AL, Jake. I mean, Correa, 
Machado, Lindor, um, you know, Gene Segura having a great start, Didi Gregorius going really well, Angelton Simmons as well. Three of these guys will probably have to be left off the all-star team. Tim Anderson having a nice year as well. That's six or seven shortstops in just the American League. We used to think that shortstop was a relatively thin position, but that's not the case. Some of these guys are going to be left off the all-star team, Jake. Well, it's twofold. It is deeper than we realize, but also it's not exactly deep. It's not flush with top-end elite talent. There's just a lot of good. Lindor, Machado, like, Correa? Yeah, but then you start throwing it to Tim Anderson's and Drell to Simmons. No, they're, they're above that. They're really good players. They're not, they're not, they don't deserve to be in that conversation with the other guys. Fair enough. There is a tier there, right? But still, just, just those three. Jake, I mean, yeah. Lindor, you can get three at one position on the all-star team easy. Yeah, then unfortunately, my man Didi Gregorius may also be on the outside. Well, maybe if in. he only hit home runs at home to right field and could figure out how to do it somewhere else, <laughs> skirting them well, over the wall, and now he's completely – there's a perfect example. They, no, you know, kidding aside, Dave, there's a perfect yeah. example of people in fantasy baseball that, you know, instead of selling high – at the end of April, towards the end of April, and people realizing that DD is good, but he's nowhere near that good. It's impossible to be that good. No player regression to the mean good. is expected. Right. Is, like even if he's going to play above his ability, he's having a breakout season. He's still going to regress some. Not feeling offers at the end of April was foolish, and now everybody's left holding same old DD Gregorius instead of potentially selling what they could have. Yeah, no, I, I hear that, but listen, people have made it a career of pulling fly balls into right field of Yankee Stadium. He would not be alone. Let me remind you of oh, back-to-back yeah, years where he's only done Curtis Granderson. Curtis Granderson hit 40 home runs in that stadium two years in a row, doing the same exact thing. Kevin Long was teaching everybody that same swing for okay. the Yankees for years. Curtis Granderson and Didi Gregorius are two totally different people. Kevin Long I'm just talking that. about being able to yank home runs down the line in right field. Curtis Granderson has a lot more power than Didi Gregorius does. He never hit more than 40 home runs outside of Yankee Stadium, though. That's a supreme jump for the same kind of thing, just jerking it down the line and right. He short came in pretty the dang on close. At his he didn't hit all of his home runs. That, that wasn't an exaggeration. He, at least look, look at Granderson. At least almost half of his home runs came out of Yankee Stadium. Didi Gregorius, every home run has been in Yankee Stadium. Listen, I'll watch them Stop being a homer. every single time. Stop being a homer every realize single time it. it does it. Bleacher creature, baby. Section 39 for life. One last guy I want to ask you about in this article, Jake, is Caleb Smith. Okay, because the guy is striking out 30%. You know, and I like those numbers, but you accept some regression out of Caleb Smith. I mean, I don't believe in many of the Marlins anyway. Um, if he keeps riding this, you know, might he be uh, a trade candidate even? Like, what do you think about Caleb Smith moving forward? You think he's fake, so you think that regression is going to hit us in the head pretty soon. Well, specifically May, too. The May numbers were ridiculously fake. Right. 2.6 ERA. And I the streamed them is- a few times, I know. And it worked out, but he's another one. If you looked at who he was facing for, for May, it was a big factor as well. Is He's got good numbers. His strikeout rate is appealing. The problem is he still walks too many people, way too many free passes. That's what's going to lead to trouble. It has at times already. The, fun, excuse me, the funny thing is, is if you look at it, his XFIP, so he actually had a 4.10, which tells you like he's pitching extremely lucky. That's a run and a half higher. It was higher than his April mark when his April ERA was three something. So the fact is, despite the fact that ERA dropped in May, he was actually pitching worse. 
So it's just about luck and matchup with him. Again, the strikeouts and that are going to make him valuable in fantasy, but he's a matchup guy. You don't want to just roll him out there with every start. All right, fair enough. And listen, guys, you can go on over to mybookie.ag because they have this thing called the Props Builder, Jake. And check this out. If we see people that we think are going to, you know, regress to the mean and uh, perform, you know, let's say not poorly, but, you know, not at what the level is they're doing in May, you can take advantage of that over at mybookie.ag, their props builder. For example, you can build a prop on where will Jake Arietta's ERA be at the end of the season. Jake over here is saying that Arietta is certainly not going to maintain his 2.16 ERA because of his fake May, right? So go on over to mybookie.ag, go with the player props, and you can go ahead and win a little bit of extra cash as we slide into the summer, okay? Use the promo code FANTASY, F-N-T-S-Y, and you can even get a 50% deposit bonus, okay? And then go over to the prop builder, and maybe you want to put a little bit that Jake Arietta's ERA at end the season will be, like you know, over 2.6, over 3, you know, and you can start to win a little bit of cash. That's how we do it here on Roto Experts in the morning. We help you win your leagues and win that cash. Jake, we also try to put the fun in functional sports radio. Okay, and we're going to start next week. We're starting a few things next week, Jake. One of the things being our face of baseball tournament, you know, our brackets to see who is it that maybe, you know, took over for Derek Jeter or David Ortiz as the face of baseball. We've been batting around these uh, first round matchups and these seedings. I want to get final thoughts because we're launching this on Monday. Here are how the first round matchups would play out at this point, Jake. And I want to see, see from you, which do you think is possible for an upset, if any? What we have is the one seed, Bryce Harper, and the 16 seed, Yoenis Cespedes. I think Harper probably walks in that one, right? Um, yeah. We got Aaron Judge versus Noah Syndergaard in the 2-15 matchup. I think Judge dominates that one. We got a 3 four... I think that'll be interesting, honestly. Yeah? All right, so we'll see. We'll see what the people in New York uh, say about that. Number yeah, three basically. seed, Jose, Al- Jose Altuve against 14 seed Manny Machado, middle infielders. Um, I think Altuve, people know and love Altuve, the five foot six MVP. I think he advances pretty easily, huh? Yeah, I think so. I'd say so. Gonna, Here's an interesting – You're going to leave time for your incorrect Cleo picks, or what's going on? No, we're not. We're talking uh, – we're, 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 uh, I think we're, no, we're no, hold on. on. I don't want we this half at, no, 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 no. Just because listen. you and Scott were, no, I'm, I'm trying to tell you, you listen. I Just because Scott and you were getting your asses kicked doesn't mean you give up now. Listen, it's a, it's a, it's an evolving show, Roto Experts in the Morning, Jake. And it's tough for me to get his pick. You know, at 7 o'clock, and your pick at 8 o'clock. The listener doesn't want to hear about Roto Clio twice in a two-hour show. we got to figure this out. But go ahead, Jake. Yeah, they can. Make your picks. No. Go no, ahead. No, no, Make your picks, you know, you, ahead. Got, you guys are so sad about just me handing it to you that you don't even want to make picks anymore. That's pretty pathetic. Well, you, just you sack can take up and it play up. the game. Take it up with El Rey de Fantasia, the king, Scott Engel. You can make your picks as you want. They only do it. You know, since Scott didn't along. make picks yesterday, then it'll just be me and not. you. I'll, I'll, I'll continue my winning ways, and you can You can, can continue your dominance, and I can, and try, can try to can close try the gap. Close, yeah, you can try to close the gap. Uh, so, all right, all right quickly, well, because Bartolo Colon. You only got one show, minute. 
Shohei Otani is getting his home run tonight, and then because what the White Sox are terrible, Chase Anderson and the Brewers have been rolling. So there you go, Anderson and Otani. Make your picks. Uh, I'm gonna have to pull them out of thin air. I didn't think about this. Oh, you know what? I'm going Greg Bird against Andrew Kashner. Um, lefty in Camden Yards, if they play that game, I'll go with Greg Bird to go yard. And on the hill, you know, I really, ah, he's going up against Washington. I like Fultonevich, to be quite honest. But I'm going to go with Carlos Carrasco. The Indians are starting to get hot, starting to dominate the AL Central, like I think. Give me Carrasco on the hill. Give me Greg Bird to go yard. We'll catch up with you on Monday, Jake. Have a great weekend. It's Roto Experts in the morning. Carton and friends up next on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.